Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into Critical Thinking. Andrew Coppins, Pat O'Neill, alongside you today on this beautiful Monday, July 18th, year of our Lord, 2022. Mr. Padoni, how are you today? Dude, it's Monday. You had a case of the Mondays? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Oh, poor, poor Pat. <clears throat> now, if you haven't figured it out by now, Pat is not a morning person, so dragging him up in the morning and, uh, you know, making him record a, uh, a show is, uh, is torture, apparently. Greatly. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when I have to look at your ugly mug in the morning. That's not what my wife says, but hey, maybe that's because she has you to. Know, well, she also has blinders on for a reason. Dude, you do not want the wrath of Lexi. <laughs> you do not want none of that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would step away from that one with uh, with prejudice if I were you. Okay, I'll, I'll take but, your word for it. Speaking of stepping away. um. When when is uh, Nancy Pelosi going to step away? Uh, after after Never. what point in time? After how many millions of <clears throat> alleged insider trading money is enough? How how many how many millions of dollars earned through uh, insider trading is enough until she retires? Just just asking. We'll talk about that later. Uh, mm. uh, but before we get into that story, um, we've got three kind of sort of connected stories here um, involving. Um, shootings in this country this weekend and prior times. Um, so we're going to start with the uh, what I think is the biggest story to have broken over the course of this weekend, and that's the the story out of Uvalde, Texas, where the Texas House Commission, right the the commission from the the House of Representatives in that state, was released, and it details 
perhaps the most epic failure in police history. I, I can't think of another time or another situation in which the police have failed this egregiously. And it's not just the police, by the way, Pat. It is the Uvalde School District Police. It is the local police. It is the state police. It is the um, U.S. Marshals. There were five or six different agencies that showed up to this um, to this incident. Why? Because it's a border town, right? So they have a lot of these agencies available. 400 people were staged there as uh, first responders. And, and, and the key word here is first responders. <clears throat> they waited over an hour, which we already knew, to do anything. They failed to act for an hour. Not one agency said, screw you. I don't know if you've read some of the report or reports on the report, but my God, my God, Pat. What gets me about this story the most is that that this was tactically, to use their words, tactically condoned. I don't understand. How is that condoned? How? I, I, I don't understand that. Couldn't tell you either, Pat. Really could not tell you. Um, what I can tell our audience is this. Um, beyond it being tactically condoned, the wonderful fine folks in Uvalde, Texas, decided that um, it was their lives that were more important than the kids. Because... Knowing what I do know about police work and um, things like that, your first duty is to save lives, correct? Also, then make sure that you are safe, for sure. Absolutely. But within five minutes of this incident uh, uh, being known, there were at least 50 individuals on scene. Somebody could have taken some leadership and started a tactical sweep, started actually, I don't know, trying to stop the carnage. We also have a note during this commission's report that the chief of the Uvalde Police Department tried to negotiate. Negotiate what? He tried to negotiate with the killer. Meanwhile, why? Well, and so how? here's 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 how I would do this if, if if this were my situation. I know this is Monday morning quarterbacking, literally, but um, you can use this as a tactic. Okay, use it as a tactic that will allow you to do what, Pat? Hopefully diffuse the situation. No. Allow your men, women, whomever mm. to get in a position to take the suspect out. Right. That's it. By That's time. all you use it for. You don't use it for whatever. No, no, no. 
Nope. Because you allegedly had no eyes on the incident because they didn't even know where the hell this person was for a long time. Then, then once they figured it out, they staged themselves outside of that door for abs, y'all. No, by the way, that door was not locked. They valued themselves over the children. And I hesitate to say this is the spirit of the age. But at one point in time in our society, we valued the lives of women and children over our own as men. Correct? Correct. Okay, at one point in time, um, when you signed up to be a police officer, a firefighter, whatever, right? You pledged to make sure that the safety of your community came before your own. Now, does that mean you make stupid decisions? No, right? Like, if you know that you're going to see the the roof collapse of a building and you are a firefighter attempting to uh, complete a sweep of the building and make sure that everybody is out that needs to be out, right? It, yeah, then you get out, right? You, you, you take right. a tactical risk. Analysis and go, okay, yeah, time to get out. But in these situations, what what are you waiting for when you have the ability to engage? What are you waiting for? Off-duty people should never have had to have been involved in this. Well, and and my my thing is this too, is if I'm a parent, you know, that that is that that had a, a kid or loved one involved in this shooting. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, what in the hell the difference was it was waiting for the police? Why why couldn't we have just done something ourselves? Because clearly this was being arrested for doing so, Pat. You forget that story. Shoot me. Yeah, they tased her ass. They were teasing people. Same difference. Um, I understand your thought process, but do you understand what they were doing in response to that? Right. They they would have tased you, handcuffed you, put you in the back of the car. And you still would have had nothing to to have been able to do about it. It was all insane. Speaking of that, all of the family that was around this individual who committed this awful, awful crime, all of them saw all the warning signs that did nothing. This 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 is the all too often and all too sad story. In this country, no one wants to believe it, it that that this could happen to them, or that it could be a, a member of their family that that's going to do something like this. And not even that. No one wants to believe that. It's not even that, Pat. It's that they don't want to believe that something's wrong. Right. And I am here to tell you that when you do feel like something is wrong, your obligation to yourself and that other individual, your family member, your friend, your obligation is to get them help. Your obligation is to make sure they're nowhere near things that could harm themselves or others. You have an obligation. There, His family didn't meet that obligation any way, shape, or form. When you read the report, I mean, 
it's not even like, oh, we should have. This isn't even Monday morning quarterbacking it, right? This is literally, dudes, he was telling you he was going to do this and you did nothing about it. You, you didn't meet your basic obligation to take serious what is a serious threat. The, the the more information that comes out of this story the, there's just there's just no there there is no silver lining here is there like like it just the information that, that we keep getting out of it is worse and worse all the time it was one of the most epic fails on every level in american history one of the worst fails i have ever seen And having grown up in a uh, police household, right? Now, my grandfather, having been a captain on the sheriff's department back where I grew up, um, having other family members involved in law enforcement still to this day, I tend to give them some grace because their jobs are really difficult. They're making life and death decisions in mere Milliseconds sometimes. You know, they make a stop on the highway or they make a stop on the road and they they don't know if they're coming back. They don't know what they're getting themselves into. So I tend to give them grace. But in this situation, there is no grace to be given because even if, let's just say, Tactically or command and control wise, somebody decided to make a bad decision, right? You still have agency, right? As an individual, Pat. And that's yes, the thing you do. That, that's the thing that bothers me the most. These people had their own agency. And this is the part of the society of today that I don't like. We're so ingrained to have other people make decisions for us that we're almost, as a society, incapable of making a decision for ourselves on a basic, fundamental human level. Well, if this person, I'm throwing my hands up, that person made a decision for me. <clears throat> you know? Um, no, no, no. This is why critical thinking matters, folks. This is why sometimes we do have hard and fast rules on this show and hard and fast opinions on this show, but it's also sometimes where you are literally hearing us think through some things in real time because sometimes there is no good answer, and this is one of those situations. There is no good answer. There is no good outcome from this. None. Absolutely none. This was one of the most epic fails I have ever seen. I cannot emphasize this enough. So epic that people lost their own agency until one person who wasn't involved in all of the command and control and all the BS, right? Until that individual said, I've had enough and did something about it. The one person who exercised their own agency in this situation controlled the situation was brave enough to engage. 
neutralize the threat. Should have been done an hour ahead of time. Now, the good news in that scenario is that nobody else outside of the initial attack was harmed, right? That's the the good news here. Is that as the police attempted to engage, as the, whatever was going on, that, that he didn't continue to fire. From what I understand, that once the police arrived, he stopped. That's what I understand based off the report. Whether that is 100% true or not, we have no idea. But the other epic fail in this path that we didn't talk about is the failure of the school to take their own safety seriously. They oftentimes let doors open. They oftentimes were keeping them ajar. They were not following protocols in any way, shape, or form. Because why? Well, that could never happen here, right? That'll never happen here. Nope, no way, no how. Now, is it true that 99.9% of school districts in the United States of America will never experience this? Yes. Absolutely true. The vast majority of school districts will never, ever have a mass shooter. The vast majority of schools in this country will never see this. That doesn't mean you don't take your safety seriously. You remember having a fire drill back in the day? Tornado drills? Most schools, yeah. Yeah. Mo most schools don't experience those either, but that doesn't mean they didn't have safety protocols in place in case something does happen. Exactly. And, and I find it troublesome that the... The blame that's going to be placed today is going to be only on the the cops. Now, I cannot imagine being the teacher whom you can see propping that door open and never closing it properly, right? And thus allowing that individual into the school. I cannot imagine what she is feeling or going through today. Or yesterday or two weeks ago, right? I, I just can't imagine it. But at the same point in time, yeah, you should wallow in some of that shame. You should wallow in the fact that your lack of taking your safety seriously did something to other people that you are close to. You should wallow in that. I'm sorry. You have to you you do have to live with that. Yep. You have you, you don't get to absolve yourself of that. I am not going to sit in judgment of you because judgment is the purview of God when you get to heaven, right? That the judgment comes then. Okay. But I can say, no, you don't get to just move on with your life and everything is going to be hunky dory and you have no culpability. No. Sorry, no. There, there's a mental price or a fiscal price or <clears throat> you lose your job price to pay for that. Again, as a teacher, your number one job is what? To teach the students, but your second job is to make sure that they're safe in your classroom, in your school. There was a widespread culture in that school of not taking their students' safety seriously. You're in a border town, folks. 
Lots of really weird stuff can happen. I just... Ugh. I just can't, Pat. I just... Just can't. Like I said, I, 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 don't, I don't see any silver linings from this story. I really don't. Like, nope. this is just bad all the way around. Now, um... We do know that a good guy with a gun stopped the bad guy with a gun in Uvalde, Texas, right? Now, we had right. a mass shooting happen at a mall in, uh, or a shopping center, I forget which, which one it is, in uh, Indianapolis on Sunday, right? <clears throat> How did that end, Pat? Just out of curiosity. Uh, it ended up with the bad guy neutralized. From a good Samaritan who happened to be a concealed carry holder, uh, uh-huh. shooting him dead on the site. Turns out that uh, this is one of those rare cases in which we do get to see the the story of the good guy with the gun killing the bad guy with the gun. Yeah. I, I, pretty, I'm pretty failing cool to see stuff. how this is a problem. Uh it, it it shouldn't be a problem. I'm going to guess that there is a problem here somewhere, though. Oh, no. Nope. Okay, good. Nope. Greenwood, Indiana, shot dead on Sunday by an armed civilian after he fired into a crowded food court, killing three, wounding two. Um, entered the mall with a rifle and several magazines began firing into the crowd around 6 p.m. The shooter was killed by an as-of-yet unidentified good guy with a gun. You know what? You know why these stories are important to tell, though, Pat? Why? Because just as the, the mass shooters usually um, get some sort of inspiration from other ones, mm-hmm. they're also going to get deterrence from a you mean to tell me that some dude has a gun on site and I could die? Because it turns out yeah. nine times out of ten, these people really don't want to die. They just are not thinking through the thing that they're about to commit. Well, and, and I've got to, I've got to think that this would be a thing too. That if 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 these kind of things inspire, if mass shootings inspire other mass shooters to do the same thing, mm-hmm. wouldn't? Um, a good guy with a gun also inspire other good people to become concealed carry carriers mm-hmm. and, and do the same thing. And, and one of the things that um, that I know of when you do concealed carry training, mm-hmm. that they also do some sort of mental training with you in terms of being prepared to actually kill somebody. You have to be prepared for that. Right. Um, and you never know. And, and, the thing that I talk about all the time is you could, you could be the biggest, hardest, you know, Second Amendment, yeehaw, I got nine guns individual, right? You could be that individual. But when you are actually confronted with the sh- kill or be killed scenario, are you ready to do that? A lot of people freeze. A lot of people are not ready. A lot of people have no idea how they would respond. Now, there was a an active shooter situation at a mall in uh, suburban uh, Illinois here in, in suburban Chicago. And um, a, a friend of mine happens to be a concealed carry permit holder, <clears throat> was a member of the Navy, but 
had never had to actually engage in a weapons fight before and was never sure how she would react to a situation, okay? And she was like, yeah, you know what I did? I found myself reaching into my purse and, and uh, making sure that my weapon was ready to be engaged. She's like, okay, now I know, now I know that I'm ready for these situations, right? Because it was an instant visceral reaction. Her initial reaction was, okay, time to, time to, time to make sure that I'm okay. And then reach down and she was ready. She had that weapon ready if needed. Most people I mean, don't know until they're in the situation whether or not they're able to to do this. But the the same thing as the inspiration for these types of mass shootings can also be true for good guy with the gun stopping that bad guy. The deterrent which is great. has also got to be there. Which is great, but at the same time, to, to your point on this, mm-hmm. I, I mean... I would like to think I would be that person that's prepared to do whatever is necessary in that kind of situation. However, having some sort of mental training to prepare you for that, I mean, I don't care who you are. I don't care. It is hard to take a life. It doesn't matter if they're a bad guy or not. It's absolutely. And I'm not talking about like, you know, deep psychological training. It is just the realization that you have to come to, right? That can you respond in that chaotic situation? Because it is a chaotic mental situation. That that fight or flight, right? Everybody has it. And until you test it, you don't know what you're gonna do. You 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 can have all of the tactical training in the world, right? And it's why the SEALs, why the Marine Corps, why the Army, why the Air Force and everybody else pushes you beyond your mental limits. It's why that happens. It happens because you need to understand how you react. And they need to know how you're going to react. Because your life and the life of everybody else around you is on the line. And they need to know that that you can be trusted in those situations. So you wonder why some of these people are, are you know, they might not never ever see combat. But they still have PTSD or they still have all these other things. It's because they've been tested to see whether or not they will fight or flight. People don't think about that. I mean, it's the same thing as getting into a fist fight, right? Like, how are you going to react when somebody tries to strong arm rob you? It might depend. Have you ever been in that situation before? I I haven't personally, no. Right, exactly. Most of us haven't. Mm. So you never know until you're going to react. How are you going to fight or flight? And sometimes fighting, by the way, in an armed robbery situation is, here you go. Because is it worth your life to lose credit cards and whatever? No. No, it's not. But anywho, with that having been said, Pat, um, we also have a a third gun situation um, from this weekend and a third bit of news here. So before we play the beer, not the beat, let's get into this because Pat in Minneapolis this weekend, there was an individual who lived in the same complex as another individual and allegedly was uh, shot 
at. Didn't get killed. Um, her and her two kids were home. This individual shot into their apartment. Um, she was grazed. Her kids, I think, were grazed as well. Luckily, they're all alive. Um, the police, how do you think they responded to that, Pat? Mm-hmm. Probably not fast enough. Oh, they did. Um, okay. Because the individual barricaded himself into his own apartment in which they engaged in a six and a half hour. That's right. Six and a half hour negotiation to get him to surrender himself peacefully. I'm glad that worked. It didn't. The police snipers had to shoot him. Oh, well, the way you told it made it sound like it worked for a second, but uh, no, 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 no. Six and a half hours of hostage negotiation, which wasn't even hostage negotiation, by the way. Um, <clears throat> he ends dead. Hmm. Well, okay. Now, further question for you, Pat. Uh huh. Um, how do you think the community responded to all of this? If you had to take a wild guess, what was the response to the fact that uh, this individual was killed by police snipers after a six and a half hour standoff? Uh, this is Minneapolis. Yeah, this is Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a question: was was the was the guy black? Yes. Not then. Not well. Mm-hmm. You would be correct. Yep. <clears throat> there was a small gathering on Sunday. Um, in protest of the Minneapolis police killing another black man. Now, mind you, what I told you. They spent six and a half hours trying to make sure that this individual would peacefully surrender, in which he decided he didn't want to do so, whether he had a mental health break or not. You don't get to just do that. Um, so, question for you. Is the individual who shot at a mother and uh, two young children, a good guy or a bad guy, Pat? Uh, Most definitely a bad guy. Mm. That is not what was portrayed by the protesters. You've got to be No. Nope, 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 nope. Nope. Is there something in the water in, in Minnesota? Uh, yes, yes, there is definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, because they're fans of the Vikings for crying out loud. Well, uh, my, my my point is this: I mean, they, they they protest the whole George Floyd thing, which I mean, he was a known criminal as well. Was probably doing some very bad things the day that the whole incident happened with with Derek Chauvin. Um, and then, and then you have this: you have a, a guy shooting at. A mother and kids, and they the police try to resolve this as peacefully as they can, and then he decides he doesn't want to have that happen, and so they have to take him out. What more do you want exactly? What 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 is your line of reasoning 
for protesting a bad guy in a very bad situation who, by the way, put himself in that situation. What do you expect? I mean, do, do, do you expect the police to bring him flowers and be like, here, here's some flowers and everything. Let's, we're going to walk out peacefully. Like, what, what do you expect them to do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, take a take a wild swing in the dark, Pat, as to whom represents the family of the uh, the shooter. Just take a wild swing in the dark. <clears throat> oh, is it the same guy that prosecuted uh, the Derek Chauvin case? No, not the prosecutor. Okay, no. Benjamin Crump, of course, who represented the George Floyd family, represented uh, um, uh, all the other families that you can think of in the last 10 years. Every time yeah. something like this happens, who shows up? Benjamin Crump. Now, according to the uh, Daily Wire, Sunberg's mother, who's the shooter, by the way, and we are naming him because nobody was killed. Okay. Except for him. <clears throat> so it wasn't really a mass shooting. But Sunberg's mother, Cindy, said that her son, who they adopted from Ethiopia, was experiencing a quote-unquote mental health crisis when the police responded to the report of shots fired. <clears throat> now, the mother with two young children called, claiming that somebody had shot into her apartment. Officers witnessed additional shots. When they arrived on the third floor of the building, they engaged. The person got away. Okay. So the MPD crisis team negotiators and the SWAT responded and attempted negotiations throughout the night and early morning hours. This is Wednesday into Thursday, from what I believe. Um, these attempts included identifying and calling the man's cell phone, as well as bringing the man's parents to the scene to help. The Sunbergs told reporters that they don't believe police would have shot one of their white biological children in the same situation. Now, do I understand grief? Absolutely. Grief is chaotic. Okay. But this is insane. This is absolutely insane. The, they, they spent six and a half hours negotiating with this individual. What, what more should they have done? And I get it. This was your son. I understand that. But you mean to tell me you literally think if you would have placed one of your white children in there that this would would have come out any different? The answer is no. Why? Because they were in fact they were following tactical protocol. How how do you know this? I mean, and and I speak about this all the time, Pat. Paranoid schizophrenia is really dangerous, right? It can be very dangerous because a lot of times they can be very violent. And there is no stopping it. There's no controlling it when it happens, when they go into that uh, schizophrenic mindset, right? The only way to control it is to get through, get past, and change up some medications and do some other things, right? But it can be really scary. It can also be really violent and really dangerous. And sometimes that has really bad outcomes. My guess is that this is what was going on. There was some sort of a, a mental break that they couldn't get through. What are they supposed to do? 
is my question. Somebody who clearly has been unhinged will not surrender a weapon because that is always the goal here, right? If he would have just surrendered the weapon, they likely would have arrested him peacefully, correct? Correct. Because that's the tactical response. He refused to surrender the weapon in himself for six and a half hours, and you were there for most of it, parents. And oh, by the way, Minneapolis's police department has a lot of psychologists on, on uh, retainer, if you will, to help them in these situations. Uh, but we have a society, Pat, that believes that um, he's the one that needs to be protested because how dare you kill a black man who shot other people, including two kids. Hmm. This is the insanity of the spirit of the age that we live in. This is it. The bad guys are the good guys. The good guys are the bad guys. Because after or during the protest, the mother came home. The mother got home, saw the protest, and went nuts on these individuals. Just pointing out, is he a good guy or a bad guy? What if I would have been killed? Would you have cared about my life? The answer is hell, hell no. Even though the uh, protester, uh, the protest leader was like, yes, ma'am, we would. No, no, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have given two flying craps because it wouldn't have been a story that you cared about at all. None of you would have known it. None of us. Not to we wouldn't be talking about it. Not, not to mention, not to mention, who else? Like, how many cases like this happen around the country? You but know, it's all, that, but that, it's all racism, Pat. And and the mother is racist, by the way. They they tried throwing that at her. Meanwhile, her two kids are actually black, and she is Hispanic, person of color, right? BIPOC. We all stand together. But she's a racist because she uh, believed that uh, you shouldn't be celebrating or protesting a bad guy who did bad things. There is something clearly in the water in Minnesota, and I'm pretty sure it is all the wastewater that comes from Chicago. Um, no. <laughs> because that physically impossible. I, I know. I know. I know. Mississippi I, but, flows but, that way. Um, my 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 point is this though is that that this is crazy. I mean, I would expect a story like this to be in Chicago. Now, I will tell you this: if if there is any city in the world that that uh, can reverse the flow of water, it is the city of Chicago. Do you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, so originally the so the city had a lot of problems with flooding and and uh, droughts as well. Uh -huh. And they actually had to reverse the Chicago River's flow. The Chicago River flew uh, out of Lake Michigan. Well, it flows the other way now. Most people don't know that. We actually engineered, for the first time in world history, a way to uh, change the flow of a river. And they did it because that? of the meatpacking and all that other stuff that was going on. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, I, it's a fascinating piece of, of Chicago history.
But yeah, the, the river flows the opposite direction that it's supposed to. Most people don't hmm, know that. How about that. And that is your Chicago history lesson for today. Uh, but uh, speaking of lessons, um, how about we uh, give Izzo a lesson in in uh, opening up his wallet book? And let's play the B or not the B. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Lay that headline on me at least once, maybe twice. Okay. How many ways can we refer to women now that it's hateful to use the word women? How many ways can we refer to women that it is hateful to use the word women? Is this the B or not the B, Andrew Coppins? While you're thinking about that, folks, if you haven't gone to revivingliberty.com yet, you need to. It is a podcast unlike any other um, that Andrew and I have been working on. And it is something that is so, so needed right now. You know, we, we've been talking about the whole Uvalde shooting. We've been talking about what's going on in Minneapolis. We've been talking about what's going on in what, what happened in Indianapolis or no, Indiana. Um, Greenwood like is a suburb of, of uh, Indianapolis. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my, my point is this, is that there are principles in there when we talk about reviving liberty that, that honestly, I believe. And, and I won't speak for Andrew, but I, I, I believe Andrew believes the same thing is that that I believe can help these kinds of situations that help this sickness that is within our society, because liberty isn't just about freedom. It's about having a, a, a code of morality that goes along with that freedom. It's understanding that you might be free to make a choice, but you are not free of the consequences of those decisions. So. My, my point is we need reviving liberty more now than ever. How you can do that is by going to revivingliberty.com or you can go and wherever your favorite podcast is played. But more importantly, and this is, this is the mo- most important part, share it. Share it far and wide. All you got to do is just start with one friend or one family member. That's all you have to do. Start there and then, and then pass it along. We, uh, we drop an episode every Tuesday, and we're running this all the way up to the election this year. So go to revivingliberty.com or wherever your favorite podcasts are played. Share it far and wide because we need Reviving Liberty more now than ever. That being said, how many ways can we refer to women that it's hateful to use the word women? Andrew Coppins, your answer. I'm going to go with this being not the B. Unless okay. you change the headline. Um, but I'm going to go with this being not the B. This, that's my gut feeling because uh, as I sat here this weekend watching the uh, World Track and Field Championships mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that are taking place in the United States for the very first time ever, by the way, um, the, the men sweeping the uh, 100 meter championship final, by the way. That's right. The U.S. men, one, two, three. Um, first time that's happened in a long time. Uh, but anywho, um, as I'm watching that, I'm also curious to find out that they have a women's category. And uh, strangely enough, there's no transgendered people in this women's category. Hmm. Huh. Weird. Interesting. Uh, oh, that's right, because uh, they recognize biology as important in track and field. 
that's good to know. For instance, um, the the men's winner, the, the winner of the men's uh, final, was nearly a second faster than the women's final winner. It was about, uh, I think, eight-tenths of a second faster. Now, to give you a, a clue as to the difference in that, um, it is about half of the length of 100 meters. Wow. So he ran the 100 meters in like, uh, I forget what it was. But anyway, uh, the winner, the women's side, ran it in 10.67. So to give you the the difference between these two, she wouldn't even be halfway down the track. That's the difference between these two. That's how insanely fast they were running. But uh, biology being important, uh, what is a woman, right? We always have this discussion and jokingly these days, unfortunately, have to have this discussion. But I, I continue to wonder out loud um, at what point, what, what's the breaking point in all this, right? Right. And and it, I think it comes with a recognition of you ha- you, you you're trying to tell me that that's a woman. I I just don't I don't know where to go with this anymore. So I'm gonna go with this being not the B. Like this is got to be not the B. Well, you were uh, right. I I did change the headline a little <sighs> bit, but I left I left a little bit out. But you were also right that this is also not the B. Yes. So what I left out is how many ways can we refer to women now that that, that is hateful to use the word women? Let's count them. Alrighty. So you have huh, people who menstruate. <laughs> you have um, birth givers, birth people with uteruses, mm-hmm. um, birthing people, uh-huh. abortion patients. Wait, what? Pregnancy capable friends. Hang on, hang on, hang, hang on a second. Uh huh. We gotta go back here. Uh, okay. Abortion patients. Abortion patients. Is that or is that not the child that was murdered? That's the patient of an abortion, by the way. That's the patient, not not the woman. The woman is the provider of the abortion. She's not, literally not a patient. Not according to the Trans Journalists Association. <laughs> Would that question the Trans Journalists Association is that the association that says that they're journalists but they're really not? I have no idea. Or or is it that they're trying to tell us that um, there's an association for people who are pretending to be somebody that they really aren't because their mind is telling them something. So are you also that, that is that or is that not representative of journalism more broadly today? So, so in which case are we just really trying to say that they're journalists who are not journalists or they're not journalists who think they are journalists again. So, so let, let me, let me, let me, let me get this straight. You're saying are by being a trans journalist, are they, are they saying that they are some sort of like commentator with an agenda that identifies as a journalist? Correct. Yes. They are mm-hmm. not actual journalists, but they identify but they as think they are. Therefore, so like Don Lemon. Correct. Yes. Quite yeah. like Don mm-hmm. Lemon or Brian Stelter. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. pretty much most of your folks at CNN right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Jen Psaki. Yeah. And by the yeah, way, how's yeah. she doing, Pat? 
Um, you, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to, I'll have to text Jimmy sometime. Mm, I thought you would know. I thought all you gingers uh, flock together. No, not necessarily. Mm, okay. I, I don't know if you can. Jimmy's kind of a weird dude. No comment. I mean, it's kind of like, what would you expect, I guess? But, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we have pregnancy capable friends. Any pregnant person or person who could become pregnant. Uh, just gestational pre- uh, parent. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bleeders. Hey, uh, I hang on. I have a I have a very difficult time with that. Uh huh. Only because bleeding from where? Well, here's here's what. Do, do you understand TikTok what I'm saying? Said. You can't you can't I, blanket I statement that because what if I cut my arm suddenly now I'm right. a woman? <laughs> I'm bleeding. Here's here's this came from. Okay, so so libs of TikTok covered this. Um. And this came from uh, Yopi founder and CEO Daniela Perry. Most bleeders know how they are impacted by their period, but unfortunately aren't in touch with the feelings and symptoms and other phases of the cycle. We are. That's not true. That is not true. That is not true. (laughs) (sighs) The only way that that is true is if you are taking medication that literally numbs your brain right if if this doesn't highlight how sick our society is i i just don't know what does look and 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 i'm not saying man you feel like a woman and you know whatever cross-dressers whatever man i whatever you want to as an adult float your boat do that whatever i don't give a crap literally i don't but don't again i just go back to this very very simple philosophy don't Pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. raining. Yeah. Don't tell me I have to accept that you're an actual female. Like, like literally you are female. No, you ain't. In any way, shape, or form. I don't have to accept that. What I should be able to accept is that you have a different lifestyle than I do. It is a lifestyle. It is not, and I'm going to repeat this, it is not your biology. I do not have to set, accept anything that is not biologically true when it comes to your <clears throat> sex. Because the word gender, okay, and I'm going to be blunt as all hell on this one. The word gender is linguistic. That, that term is referring to linguistic feminine and masculine. And it has been perverted ironically and unironically, pun intended, if you will, it has been perverted by people inside academia to mean something it has never meant in the history of this world. Gender is always meant to be a euphemism or a synonym, I should say, for sex, for biology. Okay, We have always used it that way, and we've always used it as a way to linguistically understand what? Feminine and masculine for nouns and adjectives, right? That's why when you learn a non-English language, it is really difficult and vice versa. 
because most of the other languages, whether that's French, Spanish, German, you, you know, throw it out. They have gendered language. That's why Latinx is a thing, right? Latina and Latino. It is meant to mean the same thing, but it is meant to describe a masculine and a feminine. So you know you're talking about a woman or a man. I, I just we this has been the perversion of our language to do what? Make us accept an alternative reality. We we are meant to now have to accept a subjective reality over objective reality. We are being told that your gender matters more than your biology. And that is utter bullshit. It is absolute 100% utter bullshit. Because when you start altering your biology, you do things to your body, to your mind, to your gut, to all sorts of things, right? That are irreversible. Yes, that's right. Irreversible. And I'm supposed to accept that your alteration of your, your attempted alteration of your biological look makes you an actual man or an actual woman. Because that is what they're trying to tell us we have to accept. Right? Bullshit. <laughs> Anywho, Pat, we've won $100 of, of Dominic Izzo's money. Right? We sure done did. Now, speaking of utter bullshit, um, did you see the story this weekend of uh, Nancy and Paul Pelosi? Our, our wonderful uh, Speaker of the House. Wait. It, Paul, did, Paul Pelosi, did, didn't he um, get a DUI recently? I believe those charges are being dropped as we speak. Uh, and fair enough uh, to him because um, uh, allegedly... He tested his blood alcohol level and the breathalyzer was 0 0.0823. Uh-huh. It's literally at the just like if they would have tested him 15 minutes later, likely to have not been there. Right? So uh -huh. he would have been at the legal limit. So what? So I mean, that's the reason why they're not going to charge him. Now, if he had been at 0 0.10, that he probably would have been charged. Now, I get it, right? He's the husband of the Speaker of the House, so haha, special privileges. No, and here's why. Because all he has to do in court, go to court and test uh, and uh, contest the calibration of the, the breathalyzer. That's all he has to do. Because it's that close to the legal limit. But that's not the story. Because Nancy Pelosi's husband makes huge stock move ahead of a key vote on chip subsidies. That's right, folks. Nancy and Paul Pelosi continue to grift America. Um, yes. Mr. Patriconi. Is, isn't that insider trading? Um, one would uh, believe that to be true because uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi could be poised to cash in on upcoming legislation meant to bolster the U.S. semiconductor industry after her husband exercised shares worth as much as $5 million in a California company that stands to reap from the subsidies. 
Now, Paul so, Pelosi exercised 20,000 shares in NVIDIA, a Santa Clara company. Uh, the move was revealed in a disclosure that Nancy Pelosi filed to the House of Representatives last week and first reported by the Daily Caller. <sighs> now, here's the problem I have with this. Technically, this is not illegal because it's Paul, not Nancy, doing it. It is illegal for a member of the House of Representatives to do this. Absolutely illegal. They cannot trade stock in advance of a legislative bill that would benefit the stock of which they are investing in. They can't do that. That is definitionally insider trading. 100%. Now, I would also argue, Pat, that we need legislation that says any family member, any direct family member involved with a member of Congress cannot do this either, right? We need that legislation. Right. Well, would you would you would you be shocked to know that that legislation actually exists? Unfortunately, no. Okay, so that legislation exists out there in the ether. Guess, just take a wild stab in the dark again as to why that hasn't passed. Does it uh Start with an N and end in Nancy Pelosi. You would be correct. Nancy Pelosi has blocked that legislation from coming to a vote on the House of Representatives floor. It, it, it doesn't seem to be a conflict of interest of the era. No, no. no but it gets worse, Pat. <clears throat> now, Rep Representative Ralph Norman of South Carolina points out. Obviously, Speaker Pelosi would be aware of the timing of this legislation over in the Senate, where this is supposed to start, by the way. On the heels of that vote, for anybody in her orbit to purchase seven figures of stock of a U.S.-based chip manufacturer just reeks of impropriety. Now, now, when was the first time that um, Nancy Pelosi probably got a whiff of this type of legislation? Just take a, just take a wild guess again. Um, I'm going to guess something around the time of one that had like another deal like this happening where she was going to cap. Well, <clears throat> a year ago, Paul Pelosi bought up millions more worth of NVIDIA shares as the Senate molds subsidies for the U.S. semiconductor industry. Well, the House I never took case. that legislation up. I rest my case. That is correct. Now, you asked me earlier in the show how much longer I thought Nancy Pelosi was going to be in office. Oh, well, how how many millions of dollars do they have Before to make based off of their grifting of the American public before the jig is up is basically my question. Before um, she decides, I'm out. I, I'm just curious. Um, well, I, I would have to go with she's never retiring. She will die in office. Because did you know that um, the Pelosi's are worth more than $100 million? And this is not the first, not the last, not the third, not the fourth, not the fifth, not the sixth, at least a baker's dozen times in which Paul Pelosi has magically gotten rich off of shares in a company in which legislation 
that favors said company gets passed by mm, her or his wife in the House of Representatives. So, <laughs> so um, um, just just to just to point this out, uh, if you and I were to do something like this, mm-hmm. we'd be going to pound me in the ass prison, right? Correct. Correct. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. If if so we rules for the, not for if we knew what was going to happen, right, and uh, we had insider information, and then we decided to act upon that information ahead of a public release, right? Mm-hmm. We could be charged with Martha Stewart level insider trading. Okay, and we would not be going to Martha Stewart greenery. Uh, versions of federal prison um now i will say this so we couldn't do a cooking show from prison that sucks i will say this though pat um is this necessarily insider trading because do we or do we not in the general public have the ability to know that this company could benefit from this i mean it's a public company right they they have to disclose this i believe so uh-huh. I believe so. Let me find out. If they have to disclose it, then maybe not. Maybe not. But the thing is, this looks really, really bad on the Pelosi's end. Yeah. Are you really going to sit there and tell me that they aren't using this stuff to their advantage and that, that Pelosi's not purposely blocking bills for, in, for this sort of thing to use it to their advantage? I mean... There's too many red flags here to say that there isn't something nefarious going on. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, that's the overarching point here, right? Is why why are you investing like this just ahead of these votes? He did it a year ago when this was supposed to be taken up, right? And now he's doing it again. He's doubling down. And you or I wouldn't necessarily know when this legislation is coming up before the the Senate or the House, at least that fast, right? We might know about it the day of or the day before it goes on the the actual legislative docket, right? He's knowing about this weeks or months in advance because he does have insider information. He literally is an insider. His wife is the biggest insider trading person you could think of when it comes to the ability to understand what legislation she literally controls the purse strings literally does it's all insane and with that pat your final thoughts on today's insanity don't get lost remember who you are no means no and andrew coppins is a trans journalist that doesn't drink the water for minnesota please be smarter than pat Be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.